Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Uh, wow. It's a, it's a rough start to the year, you know? A little, a little rough one here, eh? Didn't like that. As you, as you said that, I totally just thought Bean took like a swig out of a vodka bottle. <laughs> it would happen so fast on video. I was like, super rough, eh, Bean? <laughs> just water. <laughs> Got to drink if the team oh, loses. Got to drink if the team loses. Hey, there's one thing worth celebrating tonight. Um, Canada, as Beaner's wearing there, he's got the, the Team Canada jersey on. Canada has taken home gold tonight. Woo-hoo. Congrats. Dylan Gunther scoring the OT winner. But uh, on the other end, the Leafs fall 5-1 to the Seattle Kraken. Come on. Ugh, come on, guys. It's Leafs late night. Roscoe, Leaf your host. Think it best. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roscoe, fanalist, Mikey D, <laughs> and the Beaner tonight. Thanks for joining, everybody. It is never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the Rank. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I know we're going to break down the whole game, but just like, just overall, this was a rough one. Everybody was kind of flipping back and forth between two games. I feel like a lot of people gave up on the Leafs game, so I do not blame you if you are coming here for a recap of what happened, because you weren't watching I don't blame you for turning the game off to go watch Canada win. So, Steph, <laughs> you want to you wanna start us somewhere? What, what did you feel tonight? You know, we took one for the team, so the rest of y'all can sit back, relax, get our gold medal, and have a great night. So, I kind of feel like I jinxed it a bit. I don't know, this inner guilt, because I said to our Leafs Late Night group chat, you know, you guys are watching the gold medal game. Watch this Leafs game be the most insane game ever. It's probably going to be high scoring and a bunch of shit's going to go on. Maybe like Dryden Hunt getting his first goal, for example, that was running through my mind or even like Riley or something we didn't expect. But I was totally wrong. Oh, and I feel hey, like I, it's my fault. I was totally right, though. And I'm not even going to say this is my fault. This was going to happen anyway. But before the game, I said, uh, so we can just all assume that Jared McCann is scoring tonight. He did. So, And then I had replied season. that, no, this was a Geo revenge tour, which Geo going to the box at the start of the third, that was not the revenge tour I had in mind. No. Yeah, Geo going minus three was not the revenge tour I had. That in was mind. an That's, oof. Uh, yeah, big oof all around. Just a rough, rough time. And we'll get to all the roughness that happened. But hey, the positive was, oh my God, the Leafs started on time tonight. It was 12 minutes before Seattle was able to even get a shot off. The Leafs were all over them, just breaking up everything as soon as Seattle was able to grab the puck. And it just seemed that they could control it, but it was 95% there. Like that last little bit to bury it, they they couldn't find an open slot to actually get a decent shot through. It was a lot of moving the puck Martin around, Jones was which on didn't look tonight. bad. I mean, really you know, they, they maintain control, but it's it, uh, it didn't translate into any um, opportunities really to score. There were a couple quick chances. I mean, Engvall had that one breakaway, and so did uh, Nylander, I think. <laughs> Or something close to it, but yeah. looked like Nylander had no two this Mikey. game. Like he was really noticeable. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he's been fantastic. Like even on the bad nights, he's always the one that's looking good. I feel like we're always saying that, but you know, couldn't uh, couldn't find it on that one. I felt like it was. I I mean, on the Seattle broadcast, they were saying, "Oh, Martin Jones is just in the right spot." You know, when it doesn't look like he's making a big save, it just means he's in the right position. But felt like there was just a lot of you know not making that extra move to catch him off and shooting a lot into his chest. Like, Beaner, what do you feel about the goaltending from Jones tonight? Well, I think they went back to... uh, Somehow they found a time machine, and they went back to (laughs) 2016, and they found the Martin Jones from the Sharks from 2016-17, who led them to the cup final. Um, No, I I was going to mention it earlier when when you had mentioned the loss and said to Seattle. Like, they're kind of the real deal this year. They're like they're they're nothing special. They're not gonna destroy any teams, but they've they've been playing well and they've been consistent all year. Like they just took it to Edmonton again twice now. I think they've scored over five goals against Edmonton. They won so five they're, two on they're uh, a sneaky. Was? Yeah, this is mm-hmm. their fifth time scoring more than four goals. I think. Yeah, they're 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 a sneaky consistent and a sneaky good team, and it's it's really nice to see because that market deserves it, as, even though it's only their second season in the league. But um, no, Jones Jones has has found his composure again, and he's been playing. He's not going to win the Vesna or anything, but he's been playing very solid. How much money yeah. is this team spending? Oh, well, you know they're spending a lot more than I thought. They're at, they're only a million under the cap. I thought they were like one of those teams that was sitting like 20 million under, but they're uh, surprisingly, I mean, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys making $5 million on the forward group. And then another one, two, three, four, five, six, making between three and five. So, okay. That's where all their money went. Cause like yeah. you look at this roster and I mean, there's a couple names that stand out. I mean, you've got Jordan Everlay there and uh, I mean, Tanev's been good, but not like uh, standout star and I mean like th- that's kind of it is there's a lot of names that are like just middle of the pack guys Tolvin and Schwartz like Bjorkstrand nobody that you really expect a ton yeah, out of but you put them all he together and it's this effect of kind of like what uh, what Vegas had the first year what was that Mikey uh, no oh, I was saying that was a bit of a delay. For, uh, for Seattle was Yanni Gord yeah, yeah and a, I mean, Gord came over from here. Tampa. Yeah. Um, okay. being already so, um, yeah, it was just as you're as you're listing those names there, the, the Kraken are basically built of the players that Gary Bettman's NHL forces teams to get rid of. Like every player that you list that's on the Kraken, they're not a superstar, but the team that had them beforehand probably would have loved to find a way to keep them. Yeah, Hell like yeah. Gord, Schwartz, Burakovsky, McCann, Donato, like they're victims of the again, salary gap. Any... Exactly. Yeah, and it, it even the defense core. Justin Schultz has been a serviceable NHL defenseman. You got Vince Dunn. Alexiak has been pretty decent wherever he's gone. Like Adam they're, Larson. Yeah. They're a yeah, they're they're a deceptively solid team, really. Yeah, and this offseason alone, they picked up Burakovsky, who just won a cup and came in clutch in Game 7, scoring two huge goals. I think this roster is made up of players who come in clutch at those those times where you need it. For example, Bjorkstrand, 
oh my God, how many times did I stream him in fantasy? Because you know this guy shoots the puck. He will collect a couple points every night for you, even when he was with Columbus at the time. Like these, these are the types of players that just needed a fresh look and that opportunity to play on the power play and the top six, for example. And it's working out and they're being reunited with former teammates, even Bjorkstrand and Wenberg. Like they used to be playing together. And um, Yanni Gord alone, man, he's just like Tampa's former rat, right? But yeah, I like this team. They're second overall in the NHL for five on five goals for a reason. Tonight, the Leafs just could not connect. Like, everything had a stick on it. I mean, in the first period alone, four shots in the first three minutes. Compared to last game where we had eight shots to end the first period, four coming from the last minute. Like, the Leafs were buzzing, but nothing can get through. Block after block or stick after stick. Like, it was just frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, how many blocks? I mean, they only had 12 to the Leafs 13 tonight, but it seemed like everything came when the Leafs were really hemming them in in the first period there. And yeah. just to kind of to close off the point about the Kraken and what they're built on, and it, it kind of like combines mine and Beaner's point. Like the fact that they are all these $5 million guys, those are the ones you lose to the salary cap, right? Like I kind of explained myself into that without noticing it. Like their whole team is made up of guys that you'd like to keep but they are worth probably four to $5 million. Most teams can maybe have one or two of those because you're paying somebody or multiple people between seven and 10 million, but nobody on the Kraken makes over five and a half, not a single. Well, yeah, no. Uh, Philip Grubauer makes 5.9. That's the most anybody makes on the team. I think a huge plus that, you know, you had high hope Forbes whole high hopes for, but Maddie, like Benier, like Benier, he, oh my God, what a, like, sometimes these first rounders are busts, okay? Like, mm-hmm. like last. Maddie Beniers. Right, Beniers, thank you. I'm like looking at it thinking Sorry. it's like a French name. <laughs> and um, this guy, I don't know why I'm, I'm losing it today, guys. I mean, he, you know, a couple, a couple generations ago, it probably was. Yeah, but... First line center right off the bat and kept it. PP1, like this guy is a gem. He is overall a complete solid player. Like in his first uh, little bit of the year, he or total, he has 36 points in 46 games played as a rookie on like a, I don't know, a broken Seattle team who came from the bottom and now where they like, where are they? I don't know. He's really yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, One thing I noticed watching the Seattle feed tonight there. I mean, two, uh, sorry, two things I noticed. One, they over explained everything. Like, I know it's the point, you know, they're all new fans and people have pointed this out, but I've never really watched like a whole Seattle Kraken game listening to their commentators. Oh my God. Every time there's a stoppage in play and they're showing a replay. It's like, okay, so here, because, and I'm not kidding. This is something they explained. So here we see Alexiak, the defenseman pinching in to help the forwards. So because he's doing that, one of the forwards here, I forget who it was, is going to come back and fill his spot. And he, I think it was Burkowski is able to come back and fill his spot. So he's, he's able to jump back and defend the play here. So, you know, covering for the defense when they pinch in is very important. I'm like, Thanks. <laughs> Are you, are we are we actually doing this right now? Um, but I get it. There's people that are watching hockey for the first time. It's just I feel like people that 
get into the Kraken are not watching the sport for the first time. They just have a team that's local to cheer for, but I don't know. I might be wrong. Uh, it's weird. The second thing I noticed that's strange. It's like they're finally a part of the group. Yeah, they're, you know, they're here now. Uh, the second thing I noticed that's strange is their, their intermission group. Um, I mean, we've commented on how the hockey night in Canada round table is a little weird or the oval table. Uh, but having three people standing in front of a screen with no table at all is way weirder. Like they just have the three of them standing there. And it took me a minute watching it to notice like, okay, what's odd about this? There's something very awkward. I, I can't put my finger on it. And it was, oh my God, they're just standing in front of nothing. Like seeing them, like they don't know what to do with their arms. There's, there's nothing they can do with their hands. There's nothing on the table. There's no water glass. There's no microphone. There's no papers that they can pretend to look through just to like do something. They're all just standing there. And then when another person's talking, they stand there and look at them. It's like, I get that you're a new team, but like, come on guys, what is this? You know what I noticed tonight? <laughs> Every time a Kraken defender took a shot, it was in the 90s range miles no per kidding. hour. No kidding. Holy shit. Done. Oceliac, like the, or, or Alexiac, sorry. They're literally 92.5. There was another one that was 97 and change. Like, holy shit. And that one went off Matthew Shin. Like, yeah. he's going to be hurting tomorrow. Like, almost a 100-mile-per-hour puck coming right at you. Oof. Yeah, I've been in fantasy kind of switching between a couple of Seattle feels defensemen. My leg just watching but that. I, uh, I'm dumb because I, I just dropped Vince Dunn like a day ago. And I, I have um, McCann in a couple. Or no, Beneers I had and I dropped. And I had McCann in a couple and I kept him in one. But missed those points. Damn. <laughs> I dropped it Dunn. I dropped him a long time ago. Yeah, it's tough to pick defensemen in fantasy. Who would have thought that Josh Morrissey would be the, up there with uh, Eric Carlson on the all-star team <laughs> as the highest scoring defenseman? You, you said Josh Morrissey wrong. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Honestly, yeah, who saw that? No one guessed that. No, no uh, nobody. I, I'm telling you, I had him in fantasy last year and I was like, <laughs> eh, you're good for some hits and blocks and the odd assist, but like, he was the fourth ranked of my defensemen. I picked him up off waivers this year, and now it's like a joke. Did you guys see in the first period Mitch Marner sliding down on one knee through center, trying to steal pucks like a sneaky little snake? And I was yep. like, whoa, bro. <laughs> like, this is like a slip and slide opportunity here. And there was like no one to pass it to either. And I don't know. It seemed a little desperate to me. There was, I mean, this has become his thing. He made the one pass where he was falling in Seattle's end and just kind of whipped it over to the center and he actually connected it. The falling and I don't know, it's like they add the update to NHL 23. So Marner adds it to his game. <laughs> look, look up the, look up the Bedard pass from tonight in the team Canada game. I don't know if you saw that. No, I haven't. Same it was a two, two on one Bedard's coming in on the boards. The defenseman has the puck. Oh. or the defenseman's going to beat him to the puck. Bedard literally dives and hooks, uses his stick like a hook to knock it out right into center ice to the open open winger coming in for the shot. Gross. I think it was Osman. They didn't score because the Czech goalie played unreal tonight, but like to have the, the, the mindset and the wherewithal to do that dive on purpose and still hook it like that to get that goal is just crazy. Wow. 
Yeah, and I mean, we can get more to the All-Star thing later, and we will, but I think this is why Mitch was picked over Nylander. I think that was the biggest argument. I don't think anyone's saying that Matthews is not deserving of it, but I think this year's been more of a a two-way season for him and not as much a, I'm going to score a bunch of points and be an All-Star. He's kind of rounding his game out, being a team player. Uh, Nylander's been scoring like crazy, though, and Marner went on his insane point streak but I think the reason that it was Marner over Nylander is just the way that he plays and what he's been giving this year like the the effort level and and the his defensive play too like not to not to say that he's not doing that because he's been honestly better than than even Matthews is at that but I just I think it's because of the way that he plays and um, if we're going to put on a show like I think he's more exciting to watch too than the Nylander, and he can get a little boring sometimes, even if he is scoring three or four points. Well, Marner's also going for the Norris, Norris Trophy, so and Nylander's not. <laughs> and so I'm, not it, uh... <laughs> I'm not slamming Nylander in any way, saying that he's like, I shouldn't say he's boring. I might end up using that as my walk it back later, but yeah. I think, Are you saying you know, you're not believing? I'm yeah. not saying that at all. I'm just trying to justify why it was one leaf over another guys uh okay we gotta go to the game well, though we'll get back you know, to all-stars another thing that was disappointing tonight and how we ended on the first period which i had high hopes on this fucking power play guys like justin <sighs> schultz another guy picked up in the offseason from the caps obviously has this reputation with the pens a good fucking player and seattle is 31st on the pk i i think they said 11 times this year they let in two power play goals against like why and we could, couldn't and we go Toronto one for five I, yes this was a beautiful goal by jt but it seemed like with all of these other opportunities especially to end the first period going into the second and then right after toronto gets another power play opportunity and it's like come on i don't know and then you have the double minor as well which they connected on but man it took forever <laughs> Yeah, it seems like if they're going to keep running this five forward thing, they got to really let them figure out what works because right now it seems like they should be gelling. <sighs> What's that? They should be gelling. Like I I like this idea of a five forward power play. Um I would like it a lot more if they were like already scoring beforehand. Um, because then they would already be feeling it and they'd bring that energy on into the power play. Um, yeah, Bunting did score recently on the power play. It was just, it was a disappointment that they didn't get it anything done tonight. Well, other than JT's goal. Yeah. And especially with a double minor and, and four other opportunities, you expect them to get at least one, one more. Um, yeah. it's, that's less than a, a 25%, which is, I mean, I guess kind of where they sit at. But in one game, it's not great. They just couldn't get set up properly. There were too many stick checks. Um, honestly, 12 blocks for night, tonight for the Kraken. That blows my mind. I'm thinking in the 30s easily, but a lot of Leafs stick checks. missed them out a lot. Yeah, like the first two power play opportunities, they had one shot that hit the net, right? So... Clearly not good enough, but Matthews coming back, pickpocketing, you know, their rookie and damn, like 
putting on a little show, but the rest just didn't make up for it. And the second period, time and time again, the commentators, oh, the Kraken are the best in the second period. Look what they can do, yada, yada, yada. And bam, four goals. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like the same thing happened in the St. Louis game with the four goals against. But uh, I mean, the Leafs were able to answer a couple of them at least that time. The, the Leafs came in being, you know, the the highest differential in the second period, not necessarily the highest scoring, but they've been just able to shut everyone down and use that as their time to to lock games away. And I don't know if it was, hey, whatever, like, I mean, you heard Friedman say, whatever you're doing before the second, do it before the first. They came out in the first like they did in the second normally, couldn't score, but then they didn't do it in the second. So <laughs> it's not do it in one or the other, do it in both, please. Yeah, then uh, Seattle's power play opportunity, super soft. Even Yarncroak chirping at Yanni Gord being like, really, bud? Like, uh, did he barely touch you there? Like, you went down easy. You look at Keith, he's smirking like, mm, okay. Like, looking at the pictures of the refs inside the bench and being like, keep my thoughts to myself. Keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> yeah, and what I was going to say about the five forwards is, like, if you were going to run this, they probably should have practiced it more in the preseason or, you know, I mean, I know they have practice and stuff to try it out, but it seems like they're still figuring out who's going to be where and how to move the puck around. And then especially when you switch to the second and it's like, OK, now some of these guys are still out there. And we're readjusting to having a defenseman out here. And it just it seems a little scrambly. So, like, it can work. Of course, you can create a play with five forwards out there, but it just seems like it's only happening because of who's out there not because the strategy's working so yeah uh, i don't know how you fix that well, i i think it's a, a little bit of it is this you know come back from the break as well right like we've we've had a pretty good run of of rolling basically right from right through the entire month of november right up until the christmas break there wasn't really a lot of controversy that they had to deal with there wasn't yeah, okay, there was losses, but there wasn't anything crazy. Oh, what about the $125,000 of fines that they got? We didn't talk about that. Well, that was just so that uh, Arizona could pay Shit, for all the shirts like they gave all those fans for the Leaf game. <laughs> that, that was Bentman's plan. That way that that way they could pay for those shirts. They had to Genius. find someone. Why not find the Leafs? Mike Ross is raffling off two of those shirts shirts in excel um all you have to do is make a donation to the foundation that he always um supports and the shirt is yours if he chooses you so nice. saw that on instagram i definitely was like um yeah i want one of those <laughs> i don't know when i'll wear it but i'll happily make a donation for one of those shirts i would go to an have ottawa it. senators arizona game and wear it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say though, guys, um, Eli Tolvanen is a guy I really wanted. Um, every time we have talks about different wingers and such, um, I know he doesn't have a ton of points on each season, but this guy is a PP specialist. I've had him in fantasy multiple times in previous years, and he's always good for a power play goal. Like, I think he would be awesome on that left wing. And honestly, I cannot believe that Nashville waived him. Like, he's a first rounder. And even a couple years ago, he had 12 uh, power play points in 40 games, even though he was only utilized for half of the season. Like, 
I thought this was a huge fail on their part, but honestly, happy for Seattle to collect all of the misfits and make it work there. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. Like, just under a half a point a game, 53 and 137 NHL games, shooting at a career 10.7%. So it seems like if he can get the shooting percentage up, which just seems like something that comes with shooting more, because he's only got 244 shots. That's what, like averaging less than two a game, just, just under two a game. So... You know. He will pop off with this team. He already has two goals and one assist in three games with the Kraken. I honestly don't. I don't think he cools off. Uh, I think now is, is his time to shine. And in Nashville, there were a lot of other fixtures on their first power play unit, and he was kind of like the fifth guy who got rotated in and out. But hey, clearly, I don't watch watch a lot of Nashville games. So. Tolvanen's always had the shot yeah and like every time you watch the guy play it's like man this guy can rip it if you can just put it all together and in Nashville you were kind of handcuffed because you have Duchesne and you have Johansson who are making a lot of money and at least Forsberg is productive though yeah like Duchesne and Johansson came back a little bit last year but aside from that they've been pretty bad since they've been in Nashville right so you, your hands are almost tied. You have to play those guys. Then the young kid like Tolvanen kind of gets put to the back burner when he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you the Leafs put a claim in for Tolvanen. We'll never know, but they the, the Kraken definitely would have been in a, a higher priority or a higher selection order than the Leafs would have been for the waivers. Yeah, definitely. Dude's shooting 25% since he joined the Kraken. Just saying. Just I mean, it's saying. Not that many shots, but still. <laughs> and just saying, Sandine went down again, all bloody for the second game in a row, unfortunately. Yeah, Luckily, he's back. He came back to the bench, but man, this guy's having he rough luck this hi. year. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> just barely avoiding injury recently, and it's really frustrating. <laughs> I don't want to see another one go down. But I can't believe with. I mean, all to be fair, injury, we looked a lot like better with no D. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, Sorry, hey. uh, say that again, Steph. With all of the injury we've been having, you know, the first month we didn't have neither of our first like one A or one A B. It took over a month and a half or whatever it was for both of them to get in on a game and we're we've gone to like our 12th defender by now and we've tried it all and look at the success we're still having honestly like twitter tonight blew up if they watch the life game <laughs> they are very happy mm-hmm. if they watch the canada game <laughs> and it's like a game like this and it's like shit hits the fan trade the team blah 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 and i'm like guys it's okay like tonight is just, it's just like one. Like we have to lose a, a couple. <laughs> Can't yeah. win them all. Yeah, I, had I mean bad we were talking about this. And... We we and we all have bad days. Yeah. Yeah, and like I was talking about this in Discord with, um, I think it was, um, it was Lucas. Uh, this yeah, Luke man, the uh, the slump we needed to have. It was like the Leafs had a really good run, and it's like, yeah, like everybody <laughs> was playing above their uh, their ability, especially with all the injuries on defense, like we'd said multiple times. So I think it's 
like we we talk about having a coach stars it's hard for the coach to get a message sent home when everybody's playing well and everybody's winning so i think having back-to-back performances like this i think it gives keith some ammo to be like all right you're gonna listen to me now like let's sit down and, and work on some things because you know as good as a lot of you are some things are not clicking so let's get back to brass tacks well and like like um Marty was saying, shout out to Marty. We have to get our shout out. our episode shout out to him. Um, I'd rather slump in January than in April. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of slump, and I know it's not even really a slump, I'm always rooting for John Tavares. And I was so happy for his goal tonight. Uh, he hasn't scored since December 27th. But I mean, if he hasn't scored in like a week or so, people immediately think he's fallen off and he's washed and whatever. So I love when he shut up the shut the haters up (laughs) and yeah this like this power play struggled as much as i'm struggling right now with my english (laughs) words but i'm so glad in the second half of the double minor they were able to get at least the tip (laughs) the deflection right the marner shot in the slot double screen you bunts ass jt's ass right in front of the eyes and bam in 499 for Marner, top 100 in NHL goals for JT. Yeah, so. number 407 for JT. Beauty. Like you said, putting him in the top hundo. That's a sweet achievement. Everybody's been hitting the milestones in the last little bit. And uh, again, a milestone and they lose the game. So that's <laughs> that's two of those now, guys. <laughs> And it wouldn't be a, you know, a Leaf game in this part of the season if the other team didn't score immediately. So 14 seconds later, Vince Dunn just, he's like, oh, sorry, guys. Takes the shot off the arm, trickles in. Literally the third line's still out there. Camp is kind of like, what the fuck just happened? And it's another result of the puck being freed up along the boards and puck battles not being won. I mean, Justin Hall flicked it towards Dunn and he was like, thank you very much. Took the (laughs) shot and boom. Like, ah. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, But looking at the standings here still, even with this loss, the Leafs with two games uh, more than Tampa, they're about tied. Like if Tampa wins their next two games, they'd be tied at 53. So still still neck and neck okay. with them yeah yeah and it's really just a battle for home ice and for the first round we're right still now. like top five yeah oh yeah and i mean like i said unless buffalo's gonna really make a challenge for tampa or the, i mean like i just i don't see it happening uh they'd have to really they're nine you points mean the sabers the Tage Sabers, yeah. <laughs> like, I, that's the thing is their run is is so good, but I'm I think bad, I'm bad it's not going to do them any tonight. good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you're you're up against Washington for a wild card spot, Pittsburgh, the Islanders. Like, I just I feel like they're just putting themselves in the worst draft pick position with a, such a great season for them. It's it's unfortunate. It's it's so weird because like I. I called it at the beginning of the season. I thought Boston was going to actually start going down. That was a me too. bad, bad call. Yeah, me too. But we I saw them that. coming out and Buffalo going in. Yeah, but here we are. You know, like that's the thing. If you take Boston out of this equation and it's Toronto, Tampa, 
and then Buffalo, like they'd be right there. But here we are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's not a real true Leaf game if a former Leaf legend did not score. So of course, as I said on Reddit as well, <laughs> Jarrett McCann scores. <laughs> I mean, are we going to oh. call him a former Leaf, really? I we know I to. did, but like... We he's a, right, he's a but Leaf legend. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a legend in the sense that we talk about it when it might not have actually happened and we, we stretch the truth a little bit and make it up to more than it was. Give him a statue, okay? <laughs> this guy hey. knows how to finish. Part of legends row already. Yeah, the legend the legend goes we brought him in to uh be our expansion draft fodder and then he wasn't. Yeah. So Oh man, this goal though, like another, you know, not getting the puck battle along we're in the Seattle zone, okay? This all starts way the fuck down there. And Kerfoot's battling. The whole third line's battling for this puck that goes around Jones. And then he goes to Schwartz. Long stretch pass all the way almost to the Leafs' blue line. I thought McCann was coming off the bench. I didn't realize he was just center ice fucking da-dee-da-dee-da, give me the puck. Hang out. <laughs> Riley pinched, so he's fucked out of nowhere. Like, where oh. is he? Don't know. He's and not been playing well. McCann straight shot in no fancy moves he just got that shit done so Beaner Mr. Goaltender how many of these you putting on Murray Ooh. Um, realistically none of them were really great like that's kind of how I felt and how a lot of Twitter seemed to feel I mean the first one was tipped but he was almost there. He was sliding over and it got in on a really bad spot. Uh, just in that little that little squeaker between him and the post. The yeah. rest were were like, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it happens, right? Like we were all talking up how, how great it was once both of them came back and how great they were playing. Like, oh, Dubas, could, we were. I was saying it too. Dubas looked like he knew what he was doing. This is great. And I talked about it before the season. I had high, high hopes and high optimism for this tandem and for Murray specifically as well, because he's been there before, you know, he's coming to a place he wants to play. He's happy about excited, but you're going to go through slumps. Like one of the best goalie blooper reels of all time has two of the greatest goalies of all time, basically scoring on themselves with Broder. (laughs) dropping his stick and it going off his stick and in between his legs and with Patrick Waugh covering it with his glove and lifting his glove up to say, Hey, I got it and dropping it in his own net. Like (laughs) even the best of the best make mistakes. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those nights you got to kind of, kind of work through it. And even the St. Louis game, we kind of saw it with Sammy all game. He was fighting it. He was not having a strong game. Keith left him in. He kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting. And then he made some, killer saves in ot right you got to battle through it and but but with battling through it does that not come with letting them play more than one game in a row like i get that we have this tandem but should we not maybe let them play a couple games and find a rhythm and get good and then when that starts to fall off switch them like i don't know if i love the back and forth every game because not everybody benefits from having you know four or five days off look at vasilevsky Yep, typically 
that would be it. It's okay. You know what? Shake it off. You got the next one to go and, and you know, it's going to be a rough stretch of games. We just got to get through and you play two, three, four in a row, whatever it is. But clearly before the season, they sat down with both these guys and they worked out a game plan and they're sticking to it. And you saw it didn't matter if they had a shot out or if they're letting four or five goals and they're sticking with the predetermined plan to make sure that not only do these guys get reps, but they're also fresh, right? So it doesn't look like it right now because they're both kind of hitting the slumps at the same time. But over the course of the season, that wear and tear of if you're playing four or five in a row isn't going to be adding up on them because of the tandem that they've got. Fair. Yeah. Honestly, tonight was not good for Murray. I know the Leafs did not help. He did not have support in front. You cannot blame it all on him. But, okay, the first goal, it wobbled off. It got a wobble off Gio's pants. It hit him. Sometimes you can't see that. Like, it's given that one. The next one, off the arm, trickled in. Another unlucky play that could have been avoided if that puck wasn't coughed up by hall and if someone was on done in general like no one had him covered so i'm like uh okay fine mccann all alone leafs nowhere to be found this was on murray this was a soft goal in my opinion like he should have had this one then the next one uh beanier or sorry how the fuck do you say his name beaner <laughs> i keep thinking it's Maddie french veneers. veneers oh my god i keep thinking it's french for some reason Beniers finds the puck off an Eberle shot like it didn't go through and then he picks it and swoops around and shoots this hard to see for goalies especially if you're going to do a little spinorama and just shoot it off your stick I'll give it to him like fine but then the next one it's like come on odd man rush Leafs not there again but it was weak like it was in a soft spot for me for my eye test maybe uh Bean has a different opinion, but like half tonight for me, we're kind of on him. Even though I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt too. Like considering like positional play, and of course there were no, there wasn't support, but you know. Yeah, and I mean we'll get to it in questions, but I feel like there's been a significant shift in how the defense has performed the last couple nights, especially after uh, you know they were on a pretty good run for a while. And it's not been so much in the neutral zone. It's just been in their own end. Like everything that's coming out of the offensive opposing offensive zone in most games has been pretty good. It's just once it gets in there, it's it's been impossible to get it out. So Mike at the Fanatic, you know, he was watching the gold, uh, gold medal game. He just simply said for if we just want to jump to questions quickly. Uh, yeah. uh, what happened? I was writing about the Canada game for Inside the Rink and I'm going to watch the <laughs> Tobiaco game uh, to write about this as well for the Leafs. Um, man, I don't know. Lots of stick checks. Like I said, honestly, Leafs were like a half step behind, in my opinion, and just couldn't get there. Lack of puck battles won um i mean they were still tight on the dot 57 percent. but the pp even the end of the third the fifth opportunity of the night they couldn't sink it it's like they couldn't set up uh kept getting blocked missing the net i don't know what do you guys think other than that it was kind of tortoise and hare at the beginning like they got it looked like they were all over them but they kind of gassed themselves out seattle waited them out and just took advantage of it like they they started jumping on everything and 
you know, as soon as the Leafs scored, it was like they again got in their heads like, all right, we got this. And immediately Seattle jumped on them again. So it was just, you know, being an opportunistic team. And I think that's why they're uh, as high up in the standings as they are in the West. Well, and I think how how well the Leafs played with all the injuries, especially over the last month and a half, two months, like when you have your entire defense core basically go down and you play as well defensively that they did. You, you used to see it every year with Pittsburgh. Every single year with Pittsburgh, you'd have like Crosby and Gensel and Latang. You'd have three or four or five of key, of the key pieces go out and the team wouldn't miss a beat. They'd keep winning, winning, winning. They'd get everybody back and they'd go in a three or four game skid because you're so focused like, oh crap, I got to pull up my socks because we're missing... Riley or we're missing Brody or we're missing whoever so you're playing that much better you're that much more attentive to every little thing you do on the ice you get everybody back and you kind of ah, I can breathe mm-hmm. and oh oh Justin Hall's back and here's a giveaway <laughs> and right like it's it's to be expected because you're not going to go 82 and 0 even yeah. the Bruins they've lost a handful of games like and they're the unbeatable team this year they lost to Arizona yeah yeah um <laughs> so it's it's not just against yeah. toronto Colorado like they, <laughs> lost against arizona sorry just had to add that continue <laughs> no I, like it, it sucks to see games like this especially since we've been spoiled over the last little while but i i don't want to i i've been off twitter because i let my son stay up and we watched the canada game together or at least he made it almost until the final no. um so I haven't been on Twitter or anything, so I haven't seen the reaction from Leafs fans over this one. But don't I don't want to see any of the same. <laughs> like I don't want to see the same BS we see all the time. Nice. One bad game, I get it. Bad games happen; they suck. But you you can't continuously go and go and go. Even some of the Bruins players have said, "You know what? Maybe it'd be nice if we could have a little adversity now. That way, you know what to do. That way, you can deal with it with this group. Even if you're full of veterans who have been there before." no team is exactly the same as it was from the year before. So there's going to be different components on that team who may or may not react in a way that could be really detrimental to team success if they haven't been in that situation before, or if they're not, not used to any kind of pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. So long winded way to just say like, it, it sucks, but breathe. We're still in a great position. And yet again, witnessing history, enjoy the season. You know, I think the commentators kind of gave the fans some PTSD, whoever was watching Sportsnet anyways, because they kept bringing up, you know, this is a good opportunity for the Leafs to practice those situations like in the playoffs where they're down two goals. And this is the time to show us that you can come back sort of thing. And every time like Kraken scored, there's kind of bringing that up like okay Leafs need to score like four goals now if they want to win this game and I'm like yes adversity is nice and all but you're literally reinforcing the thought of we can't do this and it pissed me off like then it then I got into a bad mood I'm like getting all these like thoughts in my mind no we can't I'm like yes we can I don't know. Look, look, you want to put things into perspective? The longest win streak in the entire league right now is the Philadelphia Flyers at four. Every single team 
has either just come off of losing or just started winning. Like that, it, sorry, that those are both the same thing. But you got know what I mean. Everyone has just lost after winning or just won after losing. So there's things happen, and it happens everywhere. Watch another game. And to your point about yeah, everyone. To your point about Colorado it. losing to Arizona, I don't know if you've looked at Colorado's uh, record lately. They're like only a couple games above 500. They're 19, 14 and 3. Like they're They were de- they were dressing defensemen as wingers because they were so ravaged with injuries though. So Yeah. They're still uh, you know below Calgary and Edmonton and they're in ninth place in the West. Speaking of records, uh just fun fact. This time um Florida Panthers just uh, were handed their 18th loss of the season. Last year, they ended their regular season with 18 losses. Holy moly. So they're at 17, 18, and 4 with a 487 win percentage. And they ended their season 58, 18, and 6 with a 744. That's crazy. And Colorado could miss the playoffs if they don't. You know, if they don't turn things around with all these players coming back, like honestly, they're fighting for a wild card spot with Calgary and Edmonton. That's not fun. Yeah. So just want to more ask, questions. Yes. Hurley Sports. Geo is our Baroque at Chris underscore Hurley 10. Hey, our Chris. Chris. Should the NHL fool the Leafs franchise for being a disappointment? Yeah, they suck. <laughs> they're awful. Let's end it. Great, everybody. <laughs> And what was it's your the response? Worst. All this history for nothing. I responded the coyotes. <laughs> Fix that for you, buddy. Then we have Ryan at <laughs> Nulsi asking on Twitter, were they watching the Canada game for the from the bench? Is that that is that what happened tonight? Um probably. I don't probably. We're just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good excuse. Mikey, what um, were they doing? <laughs> yeah. What were they doing, in your opinion? I think they probably were watching the Team Canada game. Friggin', uh, I was watching the um, the team interviews before the game, and Marner, like, you could see it in his eyes. He's like, oh, I wish we could have watched yeah. that. So it's like, yeah, you're not watching a replay. You're watching the Team Canada game. Honestly, they were probably checking their phones <laughs> in the locker room, and, you know, what's the game going, and how's it going, and, uh, like... I've watched hockey at work before. Oh, yeah. imagine... Those tablets <laughs> on the benches? Can you imagine Do watching you know? hockey at hockey? <laughs> um, so, Kelly Cartel on our Discord. Guys, join our Discord. Back to back this weekend. Sammy first or Murray? Wings at home and Flyers road game. Murray beat the Wings last time. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Murray and Ned on Saturday. Yeah, I would. Despite the loss that. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I'd give it to Murray again. Despite the loss, I'd I'd give it to him just so we can find a groove. Um, I think it was Dangle that had tweeted. Apparently, this was Murray's fifth home game uh, since becoming a Leaf. So, like, I'd like to see him continue and and find a vibe and get into yeah. it. What do you think, Bean? Um, I kind of agree, because if you look at some of the games and the way they laid it out, I do think they see Murray as the 
the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the Wings, even though they're a, a rebuilding team, they always put up a good fight against us. Hockey Night in Canada on home ice. I do think you go with Murray and then let Sammy handle the back-to-back. Roscoe? I mean, the Wings are, okay, what are they, 16, 13, and 7, Flyers are 15, 7, and 7. So they're pretty much both, meh, going to miss the playoff teams. I think just because the Red Wings are a little tougher and Sammy's been playing a little better this year, in my opinion, I would say throw him there just to give Murray a bit of a break. I don't want to, like, really rattle him. And I think just because Sammy hasn't played the last one, I also don't want him to have a ton of time off. Um, I don't know, just to be just to be different and have a different opinion here. Yeah. Argument, I, argument for the other way. Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree with Beaner and Mikey. Um, you put Murray in, regain his confidence. He was an 808 tonight. He's looking for his 10th win as a Leaf. Sammy already has 11 wins as a Leaf this season. So give it to Murray. Get Sammy against Philly and Torts. Hopefully we can grab two dubs. And yeah, but uh, last question here, folks. Marcus Taylor at TaylorMTGMarcus asks on Twitter, what's the level of concerns with, one, goaltending? Both have been absolutely awful, and the lack of destructure, which coincidentally became an issue as soon as Riley returned, who has been awful and a complete liability. So let's start with goaltending concerns. Beaner? That kind of... I just want to show the other question, because VI Blue and White said, uh, are we going to talk about the Riley fent in the room? Oh, yes. Sorry, I missed that one. Thank you. (laughs) That's actually, I like that wordplay there, even though I don't agree with it. Um, (laughs) Me too. I really like it. Realistically, I don't really have the concerns because given what we've seen so far and we're, what, halfway through the season now? Are we at the 41 game mark there or 42 game mark? Not yet for the Leafs. We are at 37. On that quick though, there are teams that are at thirty nine. There are teams that are at thirty six games played, and there are teams that are at forty one games played. How is there a five game disparity? That is crazy. The schedule is wow. Yeah. Well, that that also comes into play with the All Star break too, right? Because with the last CBA, they have to have, uh, isn't it? They have to have a week off either before or after or split up on other. It's I'd have to verify with that, but something like that. Yeah. Anyways, with with what we've seen with the goalies. I'm definitely not worried because we didn't get these guys expecting them to be Vesna candidates. We didn't go out and pay five and a half million dollars for a career backup, expecting him to lead our team to the promised land. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, like wink, wink. Um, no, <laughs> like don't hate. So uh, I, I had to say that because Steph was on here because I think there was a quote she kept saying last year. Over Jack Campbell is elite. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Chris Johnson's famous. Uh, the Canadians are a juggernaut, and then they immediately went on a tank for the rest of the season. So yeah, you you look at what we've done, and it's not a five game sample size. Like you know, since the break, where the goalies have been playing bad and the defense been playing bad. It's a 30-some-odd game sample size where the majority of it 
the Leafs have been one of the best teams in the league. Structurally, defense like defense wise, it's been an entire team defense that has played very, very well and very, very sound games, even when they're down. Or even like doesn't matter. There, there's almost no score effect to how they were playing, and that sample size was a hell of a lot larger than this sample size. And you take all the factors into effect, like I, I touched on a couple minutes ago. Everybody's back now, so you can kind of breathe. So you let your foot off the gas. You're not really as sharp as you should be. You're just coming back from Christmas holidays. And I don't know about you guys. Like, I didn't gain any extra family Christmas dinners that I had to go to. But it felt a million times busier Oh yeah. than pre-COVID. I don't know if that's because we didn't do anything for two years. <laughs> but so just imagine that when you also have to worry about potentially flying across the country or to another country or paying for your family to come over to celebrate, right? There's so many different factors. I definitely wouldn't be worried about it right now. Yeah. Let me just remind you, last year at this time, Murray did not have a single win on the books yet, and Jack Campbell was already picked for the All-Star game. Mm. So this is where I'm coming from when I'm saying Jack Campbell is a lead to all of our new listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe... I actually forgot he was on the all-star team last year and now yes, the worst goalie in the league. That's a starter. Man, it was a thing and Leafs were buzzing. <laughs> what yeah. a turnaround. And look at look at our goalies when Leafs <laughs> were buzzing too, like before Christmas break. Like three shutouts in four games. <laughs> it's so much on the team as well. I Sammy all the with smiles, all the smiles. So much wow. Like, I have faith in these guys, even though I used to be a hater. And yeah, no, they've proven it to us. It's literally our buds not fucking playing D right now. <laughs> and Riley, I know, like, he needs to stop pinching so much, in my opinion, but that's okay like i think they're gonna get it together and maybe timon should have a turn soon or someone else should have a turn soon and you know what for for everybody that is legitimately bring hole out of the lineup sorry was that mikey no i was just gonna say bring hole back out of oh the yeah lineup. yeah like there needs, there there needs was to a be... game recently where like right at the start he took geo down for for a trip and i'm like mm. oh man yeah, there, there definitely needs to be some sort of rotation to keep Timmons fresh and, and to, as we touched on a couple episodes ago, try to load manage the guys a little bit. Because I think that might be what kind of what's going on with Gio because he played so much when everyone was hurt. Yeah. Um, but for the people that are legitimately concerned and complaining about Riley, if you take Morgan Riley with how he's playing right now, with his contract, and you went to any team in the league, they would take him. In a heartbeat. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> of course. So it, everybody's shitting on him, but it, it's not like, like he's still a great defenseman. He's not a, a number one going to win the Norris Trophy defenseman, but he never was. Like, yeah. yeah. Someone, I don't know. I love Mo. Me too. And someone dropped him in one of our fantasy leagues uh, while he was on LTIR. And just like in probably real NHL land, I grabbed that shit so quickly. I was like, how do you drop Morgan Riley in fantasy, even if he's going to be out two months? And guess what? 
Pacioretty was activated tonight after being, you know, told he wasn't going to play until just before playoffs. Six shots, two hits, already playing on PP1. Like, these are the types of players who make differences. And Morgan Riley, he's the longest bud. He knows what's up. Give this guy a week, he's going to be back on track. Like, there's no reason to write anyone off right now. I hope so. On that, I grabbed Patrick Kane because somebody dropped him. That's just always <laughs> smart, but just for namesake right now. <laughs> uh, future, no, because if he's future New York moved, Ranger Patrick Kane. Oh yes. And it's not if he, it's kind of where he's going to get moved. True, but but yeah, Riley. I think um, there's been a lot of look. They they haven't been playing great since he came back defensively, but it's like Beaner said. They're they're putting the pressure and responsibility back on somebody who's been hurt and out, you know, we're switching things around after everybody found a groove in filling in those roles. There's just a lot of adjustment that has to happen. They're going to settle back in. It's going to be fine. It's just, it's annoying to watch. That's all. That's okay. Let's we'll get through finish with the all-star team. (laughs) Cause that was announced all the teams, the picks. Yes. So, um, I want to know, we'll start with the Atlantic Division, if there's anybody that you would switch out. So for the Boston Bruins, we've got Linus Allmark. Any objections? Not with how he's been playing this year. I'm so happy that they picked him over, you know, the perfection line. I know they're split up, but Marshan, Pasternak, Bergeron, like Linus Allmark coming from Buffalo and... Literally starting from the bottom, now we hear. Good on this guy. Yeah, and I mean, if you're looking at the seeing the goalie hug too is a cute oh, thing yeah. too. And I mean, you could have gone with Vasilevsky here, but I just think with how not that they've been underperforming per se, but I think they've just been kind of meh this year. So I'm glad that Dalmark got it. He's been fantastic. He's got a 186 GAA and a 939 save percentage. 21, nice. 1, and 1. Are yeah. you joking? No Holy one believed sh- in them. Even none of our fantasy leagues believed in them. Just you, Johnny. And just me. you're the one who uh, picked them all up off the waiver wire. And yep, just me who grabbed long. who grabbed All-Stars Logan Thompson and Lena Zolmark in the draft with my last two picks in yeah. every single league because fuck you guys, I win. And uh, I took Jack Campbell, who I dropped in every single league. So I lose. Chicken <laughs> So then we've got from the Sabres, Tage Thompson, uh, who I... Tage Mario Thompson. ...was dumb, dumb Ooh. boy and panic. Every year I make one panic drop after my draft. Oh. And this year it was Tage Thompson because I'm a fucking idiot. So, um, yeah. Tage Thompson from the Sabres obviously makes sense. No objections yeah. there. Um, Dylan Larkin for the Red Wings. This is where I have an objection. I want to know if any of you guys do. Okay. What, what's your reasoning? So even before that, Johnny, if you're not going to pick Larkin, who are you going to pick from the Red Wings? You can't pick Iserman. He's the GM, not the player. No. And here's the thing. So (laughs) there, I'm looking through the entire thing and we're going to get to this. There were no defensemen from the Eastern conference on either of these teams. And Philip Peronik has been fantastic this year, and I think he should be there over Dylan Larkin. I know Larkin has uh, more points than him. I was looking at their stats there, but Philip Peronik, after 
They gave Moritz Sider their Calder. He has been absolutely unreal this year. He's the top scoring defenseman on the team. He's got like something like 33 points, I think. So I think, I don't know. if I, I think they needed another defenseman here. If you're going to send Nick Suzuki and Nikita Kucherov, like, do you also need Dylan Larkin, another center? I don't know. That's yeah, my argument you, for it. You got to go with how they're they're playing the All Star games, though, right? They're not really games. It's all the three on three. Right. I don't know. It's just if and and for, for furthermore, I think we before we finish the All Star stuff, I have a little idea that I want to throw out to you guys at the end of this. But all right. Keep going. Uh, next, Florida Panthers, Matt Kachuk. No objections. I think that one makes sense, right? He's leading I the guess. team in points, but obviously Barkov was injured. I mean, I prefer Barkov. That's just me, though. Like, Tachuk has the, the stat sheet, obviously. But a hat trick the other night. I, yeah, but Barkov is the heart of this team. He's the captain. Like, he... I don't know. Or, like, even... Spencer Knight has been coming up clutch for this team over Bobrovsky. Like, Bob has been a bust up until recently. But you've got Linus Allmark already as your goalie. Yeah. And for the fan votes, they're do making you vote you him do in, maybe. two players and a goalie. So, Fine. I think, like, I get it, but I think if you're going with All-Star and you want people to watch it, the Kachuk true. trade got a lot of media cover so i think that's somebody that they want to keep just to promote the game um nick suzuki nick suzuki for the montreal canadians thank you um i i don't know i get it i think he's he's having a good season he's the star there but like i i don't know you've got caulfield who i think is more fun to watch in an all-star situation like when there's less rules and you get to just play around. I think Caulfield's your only other option, unless you want to get like give it to Gallagher, who like you know is heart of this team as well. Yeah, um, Gallagher, I feel no, like keeps getting shafted in a sense. I think his time has passed for it though. Like that's yeah. that's the unfortunate part is he's not going to get it now, and he didn't get it when he should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the Habs, it's got to be Suzuki or Caulfield. But I agree, it would be a little better with Caulfield because he's that that you know get your out of your seat type player that you'd want to see in an All Star game. He's got yeah. the star power, right? Like Suzuki's probably a better player, and he's you know more important as a center. But I think uh, I think Caulfield's more fun to watch. Uh, for the Sens, Brady Kachuk. This one, I think there's a handful of guys you could take from the Sens that would all be fun to watch in this scenario. Cause there's no like real big, like Brady's obviously their, their big name, but like, I don't know. There's a couple you could toss in there that would all be fun. Like Stutzla or Norris. The bros are on the same team. Exactly. I think that's, that's what you got to go with here though. Um, but how about Jimmy, Timmy, like Stutzla, he's been, you know, filling the Josh North hole and really carrying this team in a big sense. Um, Debrinket just heated up not too long ago. Giroux has been steady, but they've been facing a lot of injury too, actually. Talbot yeah, just forgot coming about back. Did you see Talbot got Deadpool on his helmet? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fucking I love sick. That. 
Uh, from Tampa, we got Nikita Kucherov. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah, you could go. Not that's, surprised. You could go Kucherov. You could go Stamkos. You could maybe not but point this here, but this is where you take a defender and you take Headman here, right? Like that's what I mean. If you weren't going to take a defenseman anywhere, like I get it. There's an argument for any of these guys, but if you're not going to take one from, if you're not going to take Mo Sider or or um, Phil Peronik, you're not going to take. Jeez. There's not many others between Boston, Buffalo, Florida. <laughs> not many big defensive well, names here. Darlene McAvoy. Darlene's yeah, not ranked number two. Currently. Oh yeah, true. He is having a pretty good season. I don't follow him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and uh, McAvoy though, he's been losing his spot to Hampus Lindholm. Recently. That's what I mean though. There's no like solid like all star defenseman. I guess Darlene, yeah, but, uh, but and then. Um, Go go ahead before I move on. I just want to put it out there before we go off. Um, this is the first year, too, that the public has so much control over these all-star teams. I mean, we get to pick the other three players, two skaters and a goalie. Um, usually the public only allows the to pick uh, captains, right? Only like the rest comes from writers and we get so much hear so much backlash. Like, why did this guy get picked and whatever? So. As we're saying this, I'm just picking that second and third, fourth player to go with these teams as well. And like, what would be the next best option? Because they're clearly going to get picked in by the fans. Like, especially when you go Atlantic division, like Marner, Matthews. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess we'll move on to the last one here. We've got Mitch Marner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, We touched on this. Makes sense. He's having a fantastic season. Um, Not to say that anybody in their, their top core is not. Um, but who for the Atlantic division, then would you add from any of these teams as your, your votes? Mikey, you want to start? Nylander. Nylander. Yeah. Good one. I'd Nylander. Like, yeah. Like he's just been so impressive. Um, even like at the start of the season and in this, uh, recent slump, Nylander has been awesome. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Steph, who would you add? Um, I definitely have to add probably Mika Zibanejad just because I think this guy is kind that, of like a Mitch Marner in a sense, does everything all over the ice. That's Metro. Oh my God. I'm looking at the wrong thing on my screen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Matthews, of course. And then Kucherov, Vasilevsky, right? Or Hedman. Or even Barkov, as I, as I said, or hmm. yeah, I would say I would say Hedman, Matthews, and oh, a goalie frig. Um, Pasta. No, but it has to be a goalie, doesn't it? Yeah, third one has to be a goalie. Yeah. Okay, um, if it has to be a goalie, then I'm going Vasilevsky instead of Hedman. Matthews and Philip Peronik has. So I actually went through and I did the voting while we were talking about this. So I, I've submitted my voting for today. Um, <laughs> and for the Atlantic, I picked Willie because he deserves it. Yeah. With all the flack he gets in the media and the year he's had, he deserves to go to an all-star break. Yep. Career year. Or, and yeah. And I also picked Vasilevsky because he doesn't deserve a break. 
<laughs> and Amazing. he can go and maybe it, maybe it can tire him out for the playoffs. <laughs> maybe he might get And injured. then Oop. because of the fact be burnt that out. I do not like the way they're doing the All-Star games and it should actually be All-Stars. Yeah. I get it. They want a representation from every team. That way every fan can see someone there that they want to watch. But I don't know about you guys when the Leafs were doing really, really bad. I wasn't overly thrilled with Cobberley or Komarov being at the All-Star game. I would have much rather see someone there who deserved it. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, in the in the 80s, you had the All-Star games were basically the Oilers versus the Islanders. But that's because they were the best teams in the league. So in protest to that, I think that we all need to get together and do like a John Scott thing. We need to vote <laughs> like one player per division or something in. Let's that, do it. Electric Boogaloo, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Pick someone, anyone. I don't care who. Like <laughs> John Scott to so, Electric Boogaloo. That's what we're naming this episode. <laughs> yep. So like. Yeah, fuck yeah, baby. Like like for the Atlantic, I just, I picked a random player um, only because he went to the same, like he grew up in the town I went to high school in, Zach Delpy. So he's played 11 games for the what Florida the Panthers. He's been a career journeyman. So what, um, what's up, Steph? Are we talking about all-star game right still? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you not me. follow this? <laughs> did, did you not Did you not follow me? Like, let's pull a John Scott. Oh. <laughs> we voted in a player that was sent down to the AHL just okay. to prove a point that the, the, the system is flawed. <laughs> so use our power and let's let's give Bettman what he doesn't want. Let's put players there who are going to enjoy it and have the time of their lives, but, you know, wouldn't in any other way be in an all-star game. So That's my proposition. Who is our who is our LLN pick for the all-star extra? We should do a vote on that, like vote in, in Discord or, or on Twitter or something, and then we should all try to band together and, and vote every day and make sure you select that player. Deal. Let's do it. So stay tuned in Discord. So, <laughs> we're going to pick somebody. Put in your uh, your picks for someone that's, you know, off off the board. So uh, I'll quickly run down here. I don't know if you were, are you planning on going through all the divisions or no? Uh, we can quickly, I mean, we got to wrap up, but yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, I can say like my votes here. So for the Metro, I voted add in Sebastian Ajo, Artemi Panarin, and Pyotr Kuchetkov. Kuchetkov has been fantastic. Kuchetkov's been insane. Picked him up in fantasy um, off waivers. Me too. Yeah. Central division, um, if he's healthy enough, I'd put McKinnon back in there. Max Domi's actually been having a sneaky good season for the Blackhawks. And then Connor Hellebuck. You might as well put and Colin then, Blackwell in there too. <laughs> and then for the <laughs> Pacific division, um, Bo Horvat. I don't like... He's been lighting it up right now. Oh, yeah. 28 goals. No offense. No offense, no offense to Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. But Horvat should have been there. I also got Patterson um, off waivers. Thank you very much. Sorry. How? And then, and then Eichel and Martin Jones. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just to run down real quick. So Metro is uh, Andrei Svechnikov, Johnny Gaudreau, Jack Hughes, Brock Nelson, Igor Shosturkin, Kevin Hayes, Sidney Crosby, and Alex Ovechkin. Love to see Sid and Ovi on the same team there. Um, Kevin Hayes. Yeah. yeah, the uh the ex the one that I would maybe throw in there because again, there's no defenseman on the whole Metro thing, I would say uh, I mean Igor you can't switch out. Maybe I hate to say Tony D'Angelo, but he's been really good this season. 
How about oh, um, no. Dougie Hamilton? Dougie Hamilton, too. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina. Yeah. I mean, Brent Burns. Yeah. Brent Burns. Sneaky pick. Um, I would pick Konechny over. This is a Newfoundland bias. Okay. Oh. Let's hear it. Bye. Sorry. I was going to say. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> For the for the Newfoundland bias for the Metro Division, I gotta go Dawson Mercer. Love it. Nice. Um, Central, we got Clayton Keller, Seth Jones, Kale McCarr, Jason Robertson, Kirill Kaprizov, UC Saros, Vlad Tarasenko, and Josh Morrissey. The only ones that I kind of I would switch Tarasenko out with like Jordan Cairo, probably. Caillou. Uh, yeah, I that's, mean, that's probably gonna happen anyways with Tarasenko being hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seth Jones from the Blackhawks. Again, I would maybe switch out with Domi just for the fun. How about Patrick Kane, guys? (laughs) Well, when is this? Is it February February. 4th, I think? I think they're just like worried he might get traded. Patrick Kane got They're worried he might get traded. That's it. Honestly. What if they put him on there and then they're locked in? You know, now we can't move him until after the the, the All Star game. Like, I know it's yeah. it's before the the uh, the trade deadline, but you never know. Like, John Scott got traded and then demoted to the minors, and he was still there. <laughs> He's an All Star baby. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and then but... lastly, oh, what's up? No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, lastly, Pacific, we got Troy Terry, Nazem Kadri, Connor McDavid, Kevin Fiala, Eric Carlson, Matty Beneers, Elias Pettersson, and Logan Thompson. The one that I would switch out, how did they send Troy Terry there when Trevor Zegras is A, on the cover of NHL 23, and B, they had him do that insane shootout competition goal last year? Like, how did? why are they sending Troy Terry? Because yeah, he's and, the and most why Pedersen over Horvat, like we touched on. Troy yeah, Terry just... is the most reliable player on this team who actually gets points. But that's look, that's not what this game Zegers is. Look at Zegers' stats. That's yeah, not what, that's not what is this the is. Cover boy. Like every other play, if we're going off of stats, then you might as well just pick the person with the most points on every team and send them to the All-Star game. But that's not what we're doing here. That's why okay. th- this whole I... thing is about viewership and about having something entertaining. And they put together this whole thing to have Zegers be... You know, oh, he did the the Michigan, so let's have him do something crazy at the All-Star game. Let's throw him on the cover of NHL 23, get all the kids watching. Okay, now all the kids are watching. Let's not send him to the fucking All-Star game. It's basically directed at kids and not adults. So I, I don't get that. That one actually made me angry, as you can he's probably hear. a guaranteed vote by fans. He's a guaranteed he vote. And guys, he loves attention literally on this next episode of You Can't Do That. Zegris decides to take a stick out of a Dallas player's hands after his stick broke uh, last night or the night before and was literally to the media like, my stick broke. I pinned him against the glass and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to steal a stick. So you see him go against the boards. He's like, yank. Thank you very much. And then he starts to continue play. And the refs, everyone's looking. And Joel's kind of like, what, what, what? And they're just whistles blown. <laughs> Guy, what's going through your head? That's why he should be the all-star game. He's fun. Holy shit, Connor McDavid has 73 points. That's stupid. Yeah, but this That's is the stupid. NHL. You cannot do that uh, shit. 
Yeah. He's Connor McCheatco. Yeah, well, you can. And he is McCheatco. This is crazy. Like, I'm just like, wow, Eric Carlson has 53 points. Oh, Connor McDavid has 73. That's crazy. Crazy talk. <laughs> so that's yeah. the all-star uh, roster as of now. It's going to be held in uh, in Florida, in Sunrise, Florida. It's the Panthers, who are uh, very mediocre this year, are going to be hosting. And it uh, should be interesting to watch. Hopefully, you know, last year is kind of a start. I, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Last year wasn't that bad. It seemed like it was getting better. I hope they build on it. But and I never have high like, expectations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It'll be nice to see they do like a Vice City kind of vibe for the jerseys. That would be sick. Mm-hmm. Like go all out, do the pink and blue. Let's do it. That would Full be 80s. sick. There will be a special right. crocodile event. Will they? I think they're going to be shooting pucks at crocodiles. <laughs> I don't know. I spoke about this last season uh, when I first got the scoop. Um, obviously, it's not fully released yet. But yeah, I just want to say one more thing, too, about the voting. You can vote online or on Twitter, but they get you with the hashtag, of course. But you you cannot only say the last name in your tweet, guys. You have to say the first and last name or your vote will not count. Or tag the player along with the hashtag. These are like okay. the little... This is the fine print that I'm reading for y'all, so you get your your votes counted. <laughs> Good. So Thank now you. you said there was a, a got a properly a, vote a crocodile or an alligator component. I can't remember yeah. which one. It's going to be Florida. gators. It's always gators with Florida. Right, gators. So I will be very very disappointed if they don't get <laughs> Carl Weathers there. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> for those um, who don't know. Carl Weathers was in Happy Gilmore and he lost his hand to the gator. That's it. Yeah. God, imagine. Yeah. And then somebody can come out and do their, their um, shootout competition with the, like the putter hockey stick and have Carl Weathers like hand it to him. And then he goes and takes a shot. That would be fantastic. That would be. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there you go guys we're oh. writing writing this for you we should be producers hit us up uh, I think, uh we gotta take another trip <laughs> I, I just came back from florida i think i gotta go back and i'd be down to go good. down for that yeah why not when How is it tickets february the beginning of february oh, third and fourth. shoot i am working until like the fifth and then i have i have a week off like right after that damn it oh well, well. So I don't have anything major or substantial for this day in hockey history. So why don't we end the show with uh, a draft simulator? I have a yesterday in hockey history. (laughs) Is that the one you sent to our group? (laughs) Yeah. Yesterday in hockey history, something hilarious happened. Um, If you are a new hockey fan, you might not have seen this. If you are a longer time hockey fan, you probably have. Um, so this was the anniversary of a very famous missed empty net goal. So Patrick Steffen, I think this was what, 2099? No, was it? It wasn't 99. That was after, it was after, wait, Steffen? Patrick Steffen was was the the 99 pick. Edmonton, Dallas, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that would have been, that's right around when Edmonton was actually half decent. So that was like 06, 07. No. Was it? Just after the lockout, yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
2007, yeah. So 2007, it's been 15 oh. years. Um, so <laughs> 16 years, Jesus. Feels like 99. So Patrick Steffen was the first overall pick by the Atlanta Thrashers in 1999 and famously in this game missed a wide open net. Puck goes the other way and Edmonton scores and sends it to overtime. The result of this, even though Edmonton ended up losing in overtime, Dallas won anyway. Um, the result of this was the Chicago Blackhawks placing in just the right spot to get Patrick Kane instead of the Edmonton Oilers. So that one point made the difference and uh, history was made. Three cups were won and it's weird to, to have everything ride on, on such a weird play, but that's what happened and that's how the, the cookie crumbled and uh, Patrick Steffen did not play out again after that season. So strange things in the hockey water. Well, now Patrick Kane the universe is works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So mysterious. Oh, I have one thing before we uh, wrap up. Um, because we're coming up to the trade deadline. Uh, I know I did ask you guys uh, your thoughts on JVR coming back to the Leafs, to which that makes my heart feel warm and fuzzy. Let's go. Thank you for reminding me to bring that There's up. There's one player. I... No, because <laughs> okay. yeah, Dubas um, was at the Flyers-Arizona uh, game tonight, so everybody's talking JVR again. Oh, shit. Oh, let's go. Let's do it. Um, there's another player I was looking up because uh, he did get sent down to the Marlies, and then I don't know what the hell happened to him, but apparently he's in the uh, farm team for the Vegas Golden Knights. I would like to see my boy clutch it. Oh, you have a Michael I'm going to get burned by, you, by you guys, and every listener is about to send me a WTF tweet. I, I've been watching Hutch since he was with the St. John Ice Caps. That's hilarious. And he Aww. can be an awesome goalie. Yeah. Um, I know he's been a revolving door with the Leafs before, but just I have a soft spot for him because I've watched him for so long. I even got that. So that's a the only Jets jersey I have. I got it when he first went from the uh, Ice Caps to the Jets because um, the St. John Ice Caps were the farm team then. Now they're the Growlers, and they're the Marley's farm team. Mm, wow. um, but yeah, I'm going. I, I would like to see Clutchison come back. Clutchison. I've never heard of that before. It's amazing. He's an 899 <laughs> in six games this year with the Henderson Silver Knights. I didn't realize he was with Henderson now. Wow. You know, I always said Michael uh, yeah, Hutchison. I know he got, he got sent down to the Marley's. And... Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Like a... I remember watching him play for the London Knights. Oh yeah! Wow. So, go ahead, and then I want to let Peter is... get through his thing. I interrupted him on. Marinchin, Hutchison, and Marinchin are like the two Leafs that never leave the franchise until they... they're like in Europe. <laughs> they never leave, and you're always like, "Oh, good lord!" Every time we have to call them up, it's always like. Enough people get injured that you start hearing the Imperial March music and, and one of them comes out and you're like, fuck, we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I hate to rain on your parade there, Mikey, but uh, that's not going to happen because we actually on. have goaltender depth at, in every facet of the we, organization right now. Yes. Finally. 
So, so without further ado, and I don't have the sound effects, but it would be awesome to have like the prices right, like do 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 sound effect for this. <laughs> but draft lottery and there we go, drum roll. I got a soundboard. Arizona moves up four <laughs> spots to pick first overall. What based on right now? If, yep, I just did the draft lottery. So the they they have the points updated. So whoever has the best odds. So the best odds were Chicago with eighteen point five percent, and they dropped the two spots that they're allowed to drop. They dropped down to third. So it's Arizona, Columbus, Chicago, Anaheim, San Jose. Oh my god! If Bedard goes to Arizona, it's happening. It's happening. He's going <laughs> to score against Toronto. So okay, who's the bottom bottom five in there again? After I did the lottery or reset it? Reset it. So when you reset it at this moment right now, the last time this website was updated, it's the best. So best odds are Chicago, then Columbus, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. Where do you guys want to see? Where do you guys want to see Bedard go of those five teams? Um, Anaheim. I say Anaheim too. Part of me would say Anaheim because it would be really cool to see him with Zegras, but I would probably pick Chicago only because I'm such a history guy and it'd be nice to see the original six team basically go from one franchise player to another from Kane to Bedard. Yeah, they don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> that, that is very true with everything that's gone on recently. So maybe if not Chicago, then San Jose just because... Every single time San Jose brings out a jersey or does anything, they kill it. They've had a killer logo since they came in. It'd be nice for them to get that that legitimate superstar. Yeah, and I think he would be getting good at a time that they're... I mean, not that he's not going to be fantastic right out of the gate. Hopefully, we don't know expectations. But um, it seems like he would be getting to his prime when they're finally out from under all these huge stupid contracts they've signed. So it would kind of be ushering in a new era for for San Jose, which would be nice. Um, I just there feel is... like Anaheim's a little farther ahead in that already, and I don't like the idea of bringing in somebody with, like, San Jose really has nothing going yet. And I don't like the idea of, of starting with Bedard and maybe wasting what could be his first year or two. There is people, and not just, like, you and me, like, there's people who legitimately work in the sports industry who say that if Bedard was in the NHL this year, he would get 30 goals this year as a 17-year-old. That's insane. I think, was it Split and Chicklets, guys, that said um, Gary Bettman, just because he's Gary Bettman, it's going to be Arizona, like, no matter what, because it's the way to keep his their his franchise afloat. And, like, they went on a huge rant about it. Could be. So... I, I I could see why people would think that, but if that's was the if that was the case, and if they were going to do something like that, they would have done it with McDavid. I don't know. I feel like they liked the idea of repeating the Gretzky thing. It worked in in Edmonton, right? Like, but the, the thing with Edmonton is they're yes, it's a Canadian market, but all us Canadian fans, the the team's not going to go under. No, but they Edmonton had like four or five of those first round picks. Like they were, they were rolling in them for a while. They had their share. Yeah, Yeah. So they didn't need McDavid. That's what I'm saying. If they were going to rig it or fix it, they would oh. have let Arizona get McDa- get the franchise player with the McDavid draft because Edmonton didn't need it. 
they weren't going to let him go to Toronto if if they had that power. I'm not saying they do. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not that far. We'll let Darty get into that. We miss you, buddy. <laughs> the Lafreniere um, ball, man. That Toronto ball was up there. I don't care what anybody can says. Can you do that, that thing again? The simulator? simulate again just to see? Like Okay, one, one more time. <laughs> so as, as of right now, it's Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, top three. And after the lottery, Chicago, St. Louis, Columbus. Ew, St. Louis. St. Louis up. jumps nine spots Whoa. to get second. See, Fake th- news. See, what if one of those happens and somebody from like seventh gets first pick? Well, that that happened though. With uh, wasn't it the Rangers when they got Kako when they jumped up to second? Maybe, yeah. Uh... Bust. It, it's happened recently, right? I don't think he's a bust. I think the Rangers are just really bad at developing people. Like if they bust him and Lafreniere, then it's not the player's fault. So part of me secretly likes seeing this go on with the Rangers because everybody's always chirped on the Leafs. Like, oh, you can't develop. You can't do this. You can't do this. The Rangers are basically the Leafs American. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like throughout the entire history of the organization, they didn't try to focus on drafting or developing because they just paid for the biggest names. Because even if they did poorly, if they had a player with a massive name on the back of that jersey, they were going to make a bunch of money selling those jerseys regardless. Major difference, they draft goalies like it's their fucking day job. This is true, but at the same time, they it's going to sound ridiculous, and I'm probably going to be chirped for saying this, but they kind of got lucky with Lundqvist. It's not like Lundqvist was a first-round pick. Yeah, but isn't that what scouting is? Like, they knew what they no, were I getting. I know, but goalies are voodoo. Goalies are voodoo, but to be able to go from Lundqvist to... it's Part of it is luck to go from Lundqvist to Shesterkin, but look, they've managed to do it, and the Leafs haven't, so that's Even something before they have that, over us. Richter to Lundqvist to Shesterkin. Yeah, yep. I know that's before your time, you youngin', but... I know. You're one year older than me. <laughs> oh my god. You act like you're my grandpa. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we can yeah. hop out of here. Uh, there was you know one who thing else wanted... was a first round pick? Who? Sorry. <laughs> Jack Campbell. Great. Great. <laughs> Do you want him back? Is that what we're getting at here? I just want his picture to improve and put a smile on that face again. Like, uh, oh, there was one. The one thing I remembered. I wanted to try to to Toronto. I remember the one thing I wanted <laughs> to say. Um, I can't remember if it was CJ or Frege, but one of them said uh, they're looking at like five mil for bunting. So you know, I wasn't far off. I think that's more than he's going to get, but I think I'm. I think I'm kind of in the right range there with like four something. If he's going to take a bit of a discount, and they're going to go for longer term. Because, yeah, like the, the comparables are out there. I would love to stay longer term. Yeah, it makes sense. Give them eight years. It's one of the few and times camp. that it makes sense to, to sign somebody long term to a small, um, you know, AAV. So, say two, we're out of here. Goodbye.
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Cat. Cat, cat, cat. Meow. Thanks, Mikey, for coming oh, on. So cute. Thanks, Mike. Check out the Be Don't Leafers pod. Yeah, yeah. Peace.